Cause sometimes I be right Hello Welcome To the show Back in the old Stomping grounds Cold today <laughs> It's a cold one today Welcome back yo How y'all feeling? Listen, today I'm gonna tell you right off the bat Call me Riddler Cause I got questions That's right Yeah, if you can't tell I, I, I saw the new Batman movie Right off the top, I, this has nothing to do with nothing, but I'll let y'all know. Movie was amazing, great, everything I wanted to be, it's awesome. And uh, one of the topics I was doing today um, that I told you I was going to do was uh, getting a list of all the starting quarterbacks going into the year and seeing who actually, what team actually needs a new starting quarterback. You know what I mean? And as I was going through, I was putting question mark. Next to the guys that I thought, like, ah, maybe you know, the guys that I would question a little bit. And it hit me, like, a lot of question marks. And then the movie popped in and called me Riddler. I got lots of questions. I thought it was clever. <laughs> anyway, welcome back, Cyber family. How you doing? How you been? This is your first time joining us. Welcome. This is Sometimes I'd Be Right. I'm your host, John Farris, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host, Wally. Say what up, Wally. It's cold in Trash Can Studios today and extra trashy. But listen, I got a lot, a lot that I would love to talk to you about this week. Right? A lot of things happen. And a lot of things happen just in the last 24 hours. We got some big NFL trades, right? Some QBs switching locales, which, to be honest with you, totally screwed up my list when I was going through the quarterbacks and figuring out who needed what. You know, then you get to those teams and all of a sudden you're like, traded? What? Opens up some new holes. Let's get right into it. Some quick hits. Quick hits. Quick hits. So Aaron Rodgers just signed a four-year, $200 million contract. Listen, y'all know how I feel about Aaron Rodgers, right? And you know how I feel about the Packers, where I keep saying, why? Why? Four, four years, $200 million. For what? I, if you know, if it was me, trade him. That's how I feel. But that's just me. I can't speak for y'all. I know, listen, I know Aaron Rodgers is good, but I just feel like four, in four years, uh, 200 mil, good luck. That team ain't winning the Super Bowl in four years. I promise you that. I keep hearing uh, commentators talk about the idea of Tom Brady coming back. Perhaps he didn't retire from the NFL. He just retired from the Bucks. Like, he just doesn't want to play there anymore. Him and Bruce Arians, you know, had a confrontation or whatever. I've heard. But guess what? I'm still waiting for Andrew Luck to come back. Remember that? Remember when everyone said Andrew Luck was going to come back after two years? He was just dealing with injuries and he would rest for a year or two and then come back. Remember when Phillip Rivers, they thought like he might come back because they need a quarterback? Yeah, no. No thanks. Tom Brady ain't coming back, y'all. He's done. Right? News is uh, Jack Harlow is set to star in the new White Men Can't Jump remake. Again, who wants this? Like, look. Here's what I'm going to say. They would say, oh, uh, this movie came out a long time ago. Like, we need it for a new generation. Hey, new generation, just watch the movie. (laughs) It already exists. White Men Can't Jump already exists, right? If you're going to take it and remake it so that it applies to today's world and make it more modern, then it's not the same movie. Just make a new basketball movie then. How about that? Hey, Hollywood, we don't want this. Nothing against Jack Harlow, but I just think it's a dumb idea. Why are you remaking a movie that already exists that's good, that everyone would agree is good, it's a fun movie, we like it, and if your kids want to watch it now, hey, put it on for them. <laughs> God, remake culture. Not all remakes are bad, by the way. If you're remaking it and you're making it better and you can, you know, improve on it, I'm with it then. But just to remake this is stupid. Uh, the Lakers, I've, I, you know, I keep hearing these commentators, right? And everyone keeps saying, oh, listen, the Lakers. Uh, Rick Buecher this week, right, was talking about the Lakers are built for the playoffs. And this is like the conventional wisdom is like they got a bunch of veterans. They're built for the playoffs, right? They're going to be good once the playoff comes around and it's it's the game slows down. These guys, that's when their experience is going to take over. Um, Are they even going to make the playoffs? Hey, that's a nice idea in theory. In theory, but these old guys that can't win games in the regular season are having a hard time trying to make the playoffs. It might be irrelevant what they can do in the playoffs if they can't make it. And no offense, 
the game slows down, sure, but young athletes are still going to beat old athletes every day because the old athletes ain't as athletic as they used to be. Like, I'm sorry, Carmelo Anthony, uh, I like Carmelo. He has a role. But if that's who you're counting on to be like the catalyst to get to a championship, he's probably a little too old for that. Russell Westbrook is still going to be a problem for you. LeBron James is old, and you have to factor in that injuries come into play when you have older players. And I'm hearing all this, oh, Anthony Davis isn't playing now. Wait till Anthony Davis comes back. Anthony Davis is all of a sudden the savior? Look, here's one thing you know about Anthony Davis. He's going to get hurt. Yeah, he might come back for the playoffs and play two or three really good games and you're up 3-0. He's going to get hurt in the playoff run. It's just going to happen. The only year he didn't was when they went in the bubble. And you want to know why he didn't get hurt? Because he had four months off. They had a huge gap because of COVID. And then when they came back, it was in the bubble. It was very contained. It was like he wasn't going out doing nothing. Like it was basketball centric and they took advantage. Credit to them. But Anthony Davis can't be your savior. Sorry. Sticking with basketball. So Draymond Green has has missed some time for uh, um, the Warriors. And there's a lot of conversation now about how like, oh, no, they're missing Draymond Green. I was reading some articles saying that Draymond Green is the key to everything. Draymond Green gets trashed all the time. For the things he can't do. And now he's an overrated player, overpaid, Draymond Green, blah, 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 blah. And then when he's out, all of a sudden, he's the catalyst. He's the key to everything. Hey, sports media, do you realize you guys talk out of both sides of your mouth? I don't think they do. I don't think they do. I think they just talk, 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 and don't think nothing of it. You guys are saying, talking out of both sides of your mouth, man. I like Draymond Green. I think Draymond Green is a key to a lot of things. But I also understand, like, I'm not going to trash the guy when he gets a quadruple single. (laughs) So the Cowboys are flirting with the idea of trading or releasing Amari Cooper. They want to save a bunch of money. Now, big, big, big caveat is they restructured Dak Prescott. So they cleared up a bunch of money already. I think the problem is, is Amari Cooper makes 20 million a year but is he like is he that great and i i blame them like you shouldn't have gave him that much money to begin with you should have set a number put it there and said we're gonna move on i understand his value like he is a good receiver but he's not irreplaceable like the receiving core you feel like is pretty good and the draft is really good for receivers cd lamb was drafted not to be a slot guy he was drafted to be a number one it was projected to be a number one. Do you think he could take over as a number one? If you do, then, hey, let's cut bait with Amari Cooper, try to trade him, get that off the cap, maybe get something in return. If not, release him, like, whatever. We'll take the hit, but we're going to save money anyway. Not mad at it. Don't know if it's actually necessary. I don't think it's like a, a earth-shattering move, but go for it if you want. All right, man. It's enough... Uh, Enough for the quick hits. Let's um, let's really get into the meat of what we want to talk about today. So today, you know, I started by saying, you know, call me the Riddler because I got questions. I have a lot of questions about what's going on in the NFL in terms of the conversation now because of the draft, because of, you know, all that stuff going on. The idea of you need a quarterback. Is he the guy? Is he the guy? Is Jimmy Garoppolo? What? <laughs> what did I just say? Is Jimmy Garoppolo the guy that can get you to the Super Bowl? So what I thought was, and this is where my thought exercise went. Um, I started thinking like, what does that actually mean? Who actually has a guy? Who actually has a quarterback that you feel like, without doubt, without question, we believe this guy could win a Super Bowl? Who is the guy, right? So what I have here in my notebook, that's a little foliage for you. What I have here is I have a list of all 32 teams and their starting quarterback projected going into this season. Of course, this could always change between now and the draft. And in fact, we had two trades Um, So we'll touch on those as well. But this is just the idea. And so what I came across was one, two, three, four, five, six players, six quarterbacks in the NFL. And two of them, two of them, you might even question me on. 
but I have six quarterbacks out of 32 that I feel like without a doubt, that's the guy. You don't trade him. You don't replace him. There is no replacing him. That's the guy. He's a dude. If he's on your team, we're set. We're good. No need to look at the quarterback position. And those six are, I have Josh Allen for the Bills. I think if you're a Bills fan or if you're just a court, if you're just an NFL fan, you look at Josh Allen and say, we trust that he's good. That's the guy. He's a dude, right? He's good. He's going to get it done for you. He's good enough for you. He can get you to a Super Bowl. We have no questions about if Josh Allen is quality or not, right? He's there. I put him there. Some people, you might be listening, questioning that, saying, Josh Allen, I don't know. I put him there. I understand that you might not. You have Joe Burrow for the Bengals. I think we would all agree Joe Burrow's the guy. He's a dude, right? If you have, Joe, like, the Bengals don't need to look for a quarterback as long as they have Joe Burrow. Okay. Um, then I have um, a question mark for me, but I acknowledge that everyone else in the world seems to believe it, is Russell Wilson, who now plays for the Broncos. That's right. He was traded to the Denver Broncos. We'll touch on that in a minute when we get into the trades, but he's a dude. I personally have questions. Right? About if he actually is the dude, but we'll get into that when we talk about the trades. I have Patrick Mahomes. I think as much as I might not be like the biggest personal fan of Patrick Mahomes, I acknowledge that he's still a dude. Right? Like he's still the guy. If you have Patrick Mahomes on your team, don't look for another quarterback. He's he's more than capable of getting it done. Then you got uh, Justin Herbert for the Chargers. I know that's one that a lot of people might question. Like, are we sure? I'm sure. For me, he's the number one talent in the NFL at the quarterback position. But I also understand that, like, you might question he's still young. He hasn't really accomplished the greatest. Uh, But, you know, I also, I understand, you know, I understand what's, what's at play. And then the other one is Aaron Rodgers. I don't like Aaron Rodgers personally. As I wouldn't want him to be my quarterback. I just don't like the dude. I think the dude is like real sketchy. I think he's real wishy-washy, but that's just me. Uh, but he's he's a dude, unquestionably talent-wise, skill-wise, elite. And that's it. Everyone else is like, if you're going to say like, oh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the Lions. I'm not going to use the Lions. I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> If you're going to say, like, Daniel Jones for the Giants isn't a guy, you need to go get a guy. Who in the draft, who in this NFL draft right now, this year, quarterbacks, would you take over Daniel Jones right now? None. So if I'm the Giants, like, how bad is, like, do we really need a new quarterback? Or is Daniel Jones good enough to do what we need him to do? And that raises a more important question that people don't want to talk about. But let's let's deal with the trades first because this for me is a really big topic. I'm probably going to dive in for 30 minutes on just this philosophy, right? But it's something that annoyed me. So Seattle traded um, Russell Wilson to the Broncos in exchange for Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, a 2022 first-round pick, 2023 first-round pick, 2022 second-round pick, a fifth-round pick in 22, and a second-round pick in 23. Now, the sports world's going crazy about, oh, robbery, robbery. They robbed the Broncos, robbed them. Oh, my God, that's all you had to give up. And I would sit there and say, are you sure that Russell Wilson is that guy? Well, number one, are you sure that the Broncos are a good quarterback away from a Super Bowl? Because I'm one of the few people who feel like Teddy Bridgewater isn't completely incompetent. Teddy Bridgewater is not the worst you can get. Taylor Heineke is worse than Bridgewater. Right, Bridgewater's solid. He had a couple. He had many years in Minnesota where he was solid. He's a solid quarterback option. I don't think that you would say it. Simply put, Teddy Bridgewater just can't win in the NFL. I don't think that's true. Now, not saying that Teddy Bridgewater's the guy. Not saying that him and Russell Wilson are close. Not saying that. But what I'm saying is, it's not a situation like Brady going to the Bucks, where you look at that team, you say, "Oh, they got everything." But their quarterback is just blowing it for him because Jameis Winston was single-handedly throwing away the game. With all the turnovers, but single-handedly crippling that team. And if you got a quarterback that could keep the ball, keep it under control, they had everything you need. Good offensive line, great defense, good receivers, weapons everywhere, solid running game. You add a couple things to it, like Gronkowski and, and Antonio Brown, and you add some just a couple pieces, 
you took that team over the top. Are we sure that the Broncos are that? Are we sure? Are we sure that the problems they had last year and their record and their recent struggles is just the quarterback? Are we sure? And if you are sure, great. But are you sure that Russell Wilson is that guy? Are you sure? I have to ask that because you're giving up a first-round pick the next two years. Look, you didn't give up a bunch, right? You gave up some picks, but everybody knows in the NFL draft, you know, picks, it's still unreliable. How many times did people draft? Look, they drafted Drew Locke, and it didn't work for them. Now, me, on the other hand, I, I kind of like Drew Locke talent-wise. I don't know what he is like. I don't know what he's like personally. I don't know what he's like in the quarterback room. But just as far as talent goes, arm talent goes, I like him. But I also understand, like, I would trade him for Russell Wilson as well. I'm not mad at the trade. I'm not saying they're stupid. Don't. Do not put that on me. Because if y'all put that on me, I'm going to have to defend it. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad trade. I'm just saying the sports media that's going wild saying Super Bowl bound, I'm just saying pump the brakes, maybe not. Okay? Carson Wentz was traded from the Colts to the Washington Commanders. And I think for like two second round, two second and third round picks for the next two years. Like that's it. My question is, why are people still giving Carson Wentz a chance? Like, I get it. He's big. He's athletic. He's got a good arm. But he gets hurt. He's going to get hurt. Right? He's showing it to you year after year after year after year. He's going to deal with some sort of physical ailment. Look, it sucks. It's not his fault. You can't control that stuff, man. It's just freak stuff. It just happens sometimes. You're just a guy who just, there's always something nagging. He's one of those. It's not his fault. But when he is out there, he's going to have some of those moments where he just, blip. He just messes up. He just either tries to do something he has no business trying to do or he's he's trying to avoid making the mistake, which in turn, he makes the mistake. It's it's always something with him. And why is another team going out there and saying, sure, we'll take a chance on him? Now, look, if you're the commanders, I get it. You you feel like we, Ryan Spichak, oh, I can't speak today. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Taylor Heineke. You have a chance to get Carson Wentz, who, if he's healthy and playing at his best, is really good. And you think that's a team that everyone would agree is stacked on defense, has some solid weapons. This receiver class is really deep, and you could potentially get you, you know, a really good slot or third receiver late in the draft, so you don't need, you know, and you still maintain your first-round pick. You could really improve this team, and he might be set up in such a good position that, he has a lot of wiggle room to make error, and maybe he doesn't have to be so perfect, and maybe the pressure's off, and he could just thrive. Sure. For that asking price, it's it's worth the chance. It's worth the gamble, but it's still like, eh, I don't know. This To me, this says two things. I think I just talked myself into the trade. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> what do you know? I started off thinking one thing, and then I quickly talked myself into it. I guess I, I understand where the commanders are coming from. You know what? Yeah, let's reverse that. Looking at these two trades, I think the hype would be warranted and the excitement would be warranted if you had Russell Wilson going to the Commanders. I think the Commanders are a good quarterback away from being Super Bowl contenders, legit, serious Super Bowl contenders. I think Denver needs a lot more than people realize. I think they have a lot of good names. I think they have a lot of good players, but... They like you know what I mean. Like I said, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is garbage. I don't think he's incapable or incompetent. I think we all agree he's a solid, solid option, right? Of all like the journeyman backup quarterbacks that get thrust into starter positions, he's the guy you'd probably want, right? Now on the other hand, Washington is is had just a a, a, a train wreck of options coming. The Ryan Fitzpatrick, get out of here. You're too old. Done. You had your run. It's over. You got, like I said, Taylor Heineke, like, get out of here, man. You're an undermanned, under-athletic, you don't have the arm strength. Like, you're just you're just a guy who tries really hard and everyone respects it. Tough as nails, try-hard guy in the NFL, and you got a bunch of machismo. They respect it, but they will boot you out of there so fast. <laughs> but now all of this, 
brings up a question to me, and we'll get into um, the crux of everything in a second, but here's the question I had. If the quarterback elevates the team, and we're all saying they're a quarterback away, and we're saying, for example, like Russell Wilson is the guy. He's the guy. And then when they're winning, oh, Russell Wilson, franchise changer, franchise quarterback, what a player. And then they start losing, and we start looking around and saying, well, you know, the defense, using, again, Russell Wilson, you know, Seattle's defense, they lost a bunch of their players, they fell apart, the offensive line got weak, he doesn't really have much weapons at receiver, the running game's not what it was when they had beast mode, and you say, okay, fair. But then if he goes to Denver where we acknowledge that the team is set up and it's stacked, if they win, we credit him. We never give credit to the supporting cast. Right? So my question is, if the quarterback elevates the team and he gets all the credit for when they win and when they start losing, we blame the supporting cast. When the team improves the supporting cast and so they win, why do we continue to give all of that credit to the quarterback Instead of acknowledging, hey, you were struggling until we improved the rest of the team around you, and then you won again. So maybe more credit needs to go to the supporting cast than it does. A perfect example of that is Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, for years, got credited as being a good quarterback who played in terrible Detroit. And he needed a better team. Then he goes to a better team, starts winning games, and we want to credit Matthew Stafford like he's amazing. No, Matthew Stafford's the same. The rest of the team around him is just dramatically better. You're going to win games. Tom Brady elevated a team, but when that team around him wasn't any good, they weren't winning Super Bowls. Right? That's it. That's it. Dak Prescott's one of those guys. When the team around him is great, look at Dak Prescott. He's what a great quarterback, 13-1. and one. When the team around him's no good and they're losing games... Then we blame the supporting cast. Well, you can't have it both ways. You can't get all the credit when the team is great. And then when the team starts to fall apart, but you're still there, your numbers can all drop and say, well, it's not me. It's the rest of the team. They suck. Sure. Then when we improve the team and you start to win again, the credit goes to the supporting cast because they're the difference. Right? That's the same conversation we have about the NBA greats. Right? And I hate to do it because I know it's off topic, but the easier way for me to explain it is when LeBron James is playing right now with the Lakers and they're losing, LeBron's putting up great numbers. And we would say LeBron needs help. If Anthony Davis comes back, puts up great numbers, and they start winning, they're not going to say, look at what Anthony Davis is doing. They're going to credit, look at LeBron winning another ring. Well, he wasn't going to win that ring without Anthony Davis, but how come we don't give him any credit? Because the sports media, for whatever reason, doesn't even understand that they contradict themselves all the time. And, and everyone just holds on to this belief that the quarterback is the key to everything. Good quarterback, good team. Bad quarterback, bad team. Bad team, bad quarterback. Good team, good quarterback. It works, right? No. Sometimes you can be a bad quarterback on a good team. And you can win games. You can put up nice numbers. But if we took away that amazing supporting cast and told you to do it with a little lesser talent, not bad players, but lesser, and you can't, it's because you weren't as good as the numbers would suggest because, hey, you had a great supporting cast. Now, I know that that's hard to decipher. It's hard to determine who are those guys. But the guys I would say is that Carson Wentz, he's one of those guys. Carson Wentz is okay. Put him with a great team, he's going to look great. Put him on a bad team, and they ain't going to look the same. Right? So if you're going to give them credit when they're winning, give them credit when they lose. Knock them for losing. Or acknowledge that, yo, he needs players around him. Right? It's just one of those little things that annoys me about, about sports media in the NFL. I think we just bought into this idea that you need to have a guy. How many? I'm going to try not to get mad. I'm going to try to stay cool, stay calm. Like I, I just showed you, there's there's six guys that I would say are the guy, and I would greatly question if Russell Wilson is the guy. Russell Wilson was was winning games and won Super Bowls, right? He won a Super Bowl, got to a second. That defense he had, top-notch, top five in the league, right? Some people consider the Legion of Boom one of the greatest of all time. 
right? Legendary defense. Beast mode, great running back, right? Offensive line was solid, stacked. Veterans everywhere, really good. And they were winning games. They were winning ugly games, low-scoring games, and everyone kept saying he's a bus driver, right? It's kind of the universal. Now, he was a rookie. He wasn't ready to take over. Now, you're playing with that great team. They start opening up the offense. He starts putting up some really good numbers. We look at the players around him, and we say, he don't really have that much talent. There's not that much talent on the outside. Well, if a guy's putting up numbers, doesn't that show that he's talented? Like, I never understood, like, how you could say, like, like, Look, a receiver needs a quarterback to deliver him the ball because all the receiver is doing is running to a spot. If the ball's there, it's his responsibility to catch it. If it's not there, there's nothing to catch. A quarterback needs a receiver because all the quarterback is doing is throwing it to a spot. The receiver has to be there. If a quarterback's trying to throw it and there's nobody there, that's representative of the receiver. If the receiver is getting there but the ball's not, that's representative of the quarterback. What you had in Seattle was you didn't have a bunch of big names, but you had guys that were going to be on the spot and a quarterback who was going to deliver it to the spot. And then you got good numbers, good production, and you got wins. But once that defense started to kind of fall apart, price tags got too high, guys started getting older, they started moving on to different places, that defense wasn't the same, that offensive line wasn't the same, the running game wasn't the same, all of a sudden the team's success kind of went down and down and down and down. They were holding on. They were competitive, but it wasn't the same. Now you want me to believe. Was the success not the same because Russell Wilson wasn't better? Or he wasn't as good as we thought he was? Or because the rest of the team wasn't? The truth is, is because the rest of the team wasn't as good. Right? He didn't have the same opportunities. He didn't have the same margin of error. Now, I'm not knocking him for that or being critical of him because of that. But what I'm saying is now that he's going to Denver, you just assume what? He's going to be right back to Super Bowl level? Well, how good is Denver? And if Denver was that good, how come they couldn't be any better last year? Just a little better. I mean, I didn't watch Denver and think like, oh, man. They had a better quarterback. Now, listen, I'm not an expert. I'm just a guy making a podcast. But I got two eyeballs. And I'm 35 years old. I've seen a lot of games. I've seen a lot of players. I've seen a lot of ways this goes. It's always the same. Things don't change. That's like kids try to say, oh, it's different from when you were a kid. No, it ain't. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Right? Behavior is the same. Behavior don't change. Human instincts don't change. We all the same at the end of the day. We all humans. Every little boy is going to do the same stupid stuff that the boy before him did. Right? I look at my son and I can see it in his head. Like, oh, I know exactly what you're about to do. <laughs> I know all the trouble you're about to cause. I caused it too. You know what I mean? Things don't change like that. And the NFL doesn't change. I think, like, the, the introduction of, like, analytics is, like, good and bad. I think what it does is it, it analytics to me just means there's more than just your black and white theology. It's more than that. Like Trent Dilfer wasn't the best in the league, and Trent Dilfer may have not even been a good quarterback. He might have been boo-boo. But if you surround him with a great supporting cast and make his job way less important, you can win games and they won a Super Bowl. Could you do that this today in today's NFL? Absolutely you can. One of those guys that almost did it was... Jimmy Garoppolo, if we improve the team around him and make it so that what his responsibility is is very minimal, they almost won a Super Bowl. And it was a mistake. They were a mistake away from winning a Super Bowl two years ago, right? Was it two years ago three years ago? And that's all I'm saying. So looking at the NFL and the landscape, let's go through and see who actually needs a quarterback. Okay, so we're going to go down the list. I'm going to try to do this as quick as possible. I don't, you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time but the cardinals have kyler murray i don't think they should go look for a new quarterback because you know he's still on a rookie deal like ride it out now mind you i must preface all of this with saying do they need to try to get one this year meaning with this draft class with the minimal free agents that are available is there anyone out there that they could get that would 
that would improve where they are. That's that's my standard I'm going on. I'm not going to think about five years down the line, is this guy going to be better? Right now, do you feel like you have your guy and you should ride him out? Or should we ditch him and go draft someone? Or try to make a dramatic trade or whatever? So the Cardinals have Kylo Murray. I say no. Keep him. That's your guy. He's still in a rookie deal. Still needs some time to figure it out. He's still an oddball. Very small um, that causes some problems. He was really bad in his playoff game this year. But his first playoff game, they were just way overmatched. And so you don't know. I personally don't understand the love affair with Kyler Murray. I feel like Kyler Murray is a super athlete who from time to time will look great and then time to time will look awful. The jury's still out on him, but I this year you ain't got nothing better. The Falcons have Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is a career solid quarterback, right down the middle. Not going to kill you, not going to save you, right down the middle, solid guy. Give him weapons, he can produce something for you, take him away, He's you know he is what he is. Solid dude. Keep him. There's not a guy in the draft that's better than Matt Ryan. The Ravens have Lamar Jackson. Again, same thing. Keep him. You know, good player on the rise. Seems like he's getting better and better in the areas you need him to. Definitely ride it out with him. The Bills, I already said Josh Allen. He's one of those dudes. Uh, the Panthers have Sam Darnold. This is a guy that I have a question mark about. Like, can you get better than Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold is such an oddity because he's played, right? Like, he's played in the league, but he's he's had like a... He seems to have had a major injury every year or missed some time every year. So you're like, how good is he? It always seems like he's starting over. Like, constantly restarting. And and so it's hard to tell. Like, is he good? Is he not? He's had his moments. He's had his bad moments. And it's just like, I don't know. I have a question mark on Sam Darnold. If I'm the Panthers, do you keep him? Do you move on? Do you feel like you need to upgrade? For sure. Upgrade. Let Sam Darnold go. Right? I mean, if you... I don't. I don't know if it's in the draft or free agency, or maybe you just take a flyer on a guy. That's a team where I would think like, Yo, Bailey Zappi, like pick him up. Let's bring him in, see what he could do. You never know. Sam Darnold has played starting quarterback in the league, so if you have to start with him, like it's not the worst thing in the world. I'd still take him over Taylor Heineke. <laughs> I don't know why I'm poo pooing on Taylor Heineke this episode. I'm sorry. Uh, next, you have the Bears. They got Justin Fields. Duh, no brainer. That's a guy. He's not a guy in the league. I'm sorry. I misspoke. He he's he's a good dude. He's a he's a guy that's gonna become a guy. I believe that. I was really high on him coming out of college. Uh, and no, it's not just because I'm an Ohio State fan. I was high on him before he came to Ohio State. I really was excited that they got him because of his talent level. Joe Burrow on the Bengals. That's a dude. You don't replace him. The Browns had Baker Mayfield. Now this one's interesting because you guys know how I feel about Baker Mayfield. He's average very average to below average like he's he's not solid by the way my rankings if solid like Matt Ryan's a solid quarterback that's a good thing that's on the good side of average that's like he's a little above average Baker Mayfield being you know average that's bad (laughs) it's like the difference between a passing or failing grade like you're still failing you're high failing you're a high f you're like three or four points away from a d but you're still failing but is there anyone in the draft better than Baker Mayfield? I'm still going to say this draft class is so bad. In the best of the draft class, you feel like they need a lot of time. So unfortunately, I got to say, you got to stick with Baker Mayfield. You got to go one more year. I don't think there's anybody out there that you can get that's going to be better than Baker Mayfield in the draft. And I don't think there's any free agents that are out there that are going to give you much more than Baker Mayfield. So you just got to ride it out, Browns. So, no, I don't think so. Dak Prescott. Interestingly, I put a question mark next to this guy. Uh, Dak Prescott, to me, is a, is, a, is a quality quarterback, right? Like, he's okay. He does some things well. He does some things poor. The problem is, is he needs a lot of help in order to be productive because he has a lot of deficiencies. He has a lot of flaws. And so he needs everything around him to be perfectly set up in order for him to be at his best. And that, to me, says, hmm, we have to have a great front office to put a perfect team around him in order to be able to maximize his ability. And also, his price tag plays a lot into it as well. 
Because if he wasn't making $40 million a year, I might be a lot more okay with him being there. But all in all, there's nothing better in the draft. Uh, There's not a better free agent, so I'm keeping Dak Prescott. But I am drafting a quarterback late. Again, if there's a guy late that I feel like has some arm talent and just needs some time, I'd pick him up. Because right now we have Cooper Rush as the backup, and uh, you can get another guy in there. Russell Wilson is now on the Broncos. No, you don't replace him. You just got him. Uh, The Lions have Jared Goff. No, you know how I feel about Jared Goff. There's no one in the draft better. There's no free agent better. Jared Goff is your guy. Keep him around. Build around him. Thank me later. Aaron Rodgers for the Packers. Just got $200 million. He ain't going nowhere. Uh, the Texans are interesting because they have Deshaun Watson. Uh, who who knows if he's going to play again? Who knows if he's going to be any good when he comes back? Like he's been away from the game for a year. Um, but they also have Davis Mills. Now, Davis Mills is a question mark because I love Davis Mills coming out of college, coming out of Stanford. He was a five-star recruit who went to Stanford, had a couple injuries early, came on late, is a very, very talented quarterback. I like him a lot, right? I think that I think them picking him up is unbelievably lucky, and I think they should stick with him this year. I stick with Davis Mills, and I, and I move forward if I'm the Texans, and I say the same thing I say about the Packers. If we're bad, we're going to get a good draft pick, and next year's draft class for QBs is going to be way better, so... Let's go. Stick with them. Now, the Colts, uh, I have no idea who's on that roster at quarterback. So, yes, they need one. And unfortunately, this is not the position you want to be in. Now, I've heard at the time of recording this, rumors are circulating that they're trying to make a trade for Derek Carr. Now, Raiders, don't be dumb enough to make this trade. I don't know what they can give you, but unless they give you everything. Like, look, I'm the Raiders, right? If you're coming to me saying you want my starting quarterback... Right. Uh, I'm going to look at you and I'm going to say, okay, give me your first round pick for the next seven years and your second round pick for the next seven years and a third round pick for the next two years. It's exactly what I'm asking for. And if they give that to me, I have two first round picks for the next six years. Yeah, you could take them. (laughs) Not even that I dislike Derek Carr, but Derek Carr is on the last year of a contract. He's going to have to make a bunch of money. If you haven't re-signed him to a long term extension by this point, clearly there's a reason why. So maybe you're not that big a fan. But why don't we be the sucky team this year, get the number one, two, or three pick, and get our quarterback for the future? Or if not, we if we find a quarterback in the draft coming up, like next year, I mean, not this year. This year's quarterback class is trash. But next year's is going to be better. If we know that there's a guy out there that we like, just go to your scouting department who's already scouting and say, what can we do? Then you take that gamble, right? Then you trade away Derek Carr. You get all these first-round picks and look. Mind you, it's never going to happen. They're never going to give that many first-round picks. But let's say they're desperate enough. You now have the draft capital to trade up to number one if you need to. Because you could trade a bunch of first-round picks, and you still have all your first-round picks. Or you could say, hey, for the next three years, you get my number one, both of my number ones for the next three years. So you get two number one picks for the next three years. So you, as a team, would have three number one or three first-round picks. right? And then after that, you still have three years of two first-round picks if you're the Raiders. Yeah, that's the only way i trade Derek Carr. But that's not going to happen because this isn't fantasy sports. Real teams don't operate that way. But the Colts are screwed. <laughs> they have no quarterback, and, uh, and the draft class is terrible for a quarterback, and it's over for you. The Jaguars have Trevor Lawrence. Nope, keep him. Chiefs have Pat Mahomes. That's a guy. The Raiders, I just said, have Derek Carr. I don't trade Derek Carr. I don't leave him. I don't move on from him. I think Derek Carr is a good player for you. That's a guy that you could lock up long term. Uh, unless someone offers you seven first round picks and six second round picks and four third round picks for the like yeah then you do it the chargers have justin herbert that's the number one quarterback in the league to me rams have matt stafford why would you let him go you're not going to get better than that dolphins have Tua tonga Valoa. that's a question mark i stick with him only because this year's qb class like i said is so bad and he showed some flashes last year of being productive. And maybe with a full year, if he can avoid injuries, maybe he shows you something. Maybe he is a guy. You drafted him for a reason. Ride it out. Vikings have Kirk Cousins. That's another question mark. But look, Kirk Cousins is a solid quarterback, man. Kirk Cousins ain't doing nothing wrong. He good, man. He all right. He ain't great. He's not transcendent. But like I said, there's only six guys in the league. Six out of 32. And two of those six, you might question. So really, there's only like four out of the 32 guys that you're like, oh, no, he's like elite, right? 
The Patriots have Mac Jones. <laughs> He's a perfect fit there. Why would you get rid of him? The Saints, they have Trevor Simeon. <laughs> Trevor Simeon or uh God. Who's the who's the boy? Who's the guy? <laughs> What's his I'm drawing a blank, y'all. Oh my god. I compared him to Kenny Pickett. Ta- not Taylor. Uh I mean, what's the quarterback that be running? Ah, y'all know who I'm talking about for the Saints. You got those two. Yeah, they're in trouble. They need a quarterback bad. The Giants, they have Daniel Jones. That's a question mark. But not for me, man. I like Daniel Jones. I think he's a safe, solid quarterback. Look, you're not going to get happy and excited about Mac Jones and then tell me Daniel Jones is trash. Come on, don't judge judge the quarterback by the results when the rest of the team is boo-boo. Put a good team around him and see what happens. That's a good, solid quarterback. Would you take Matt? Let me ask you a question, Giants fans. Would you take Matt Ryan right now over, over Daniel Jones? Of course you would. But guess what? Daniel Jones goes to the Vikings. They're gonna have the same numbers. They're the same player. God, stupid. Jets have Zach Wilson. You just drafted him. Keep him. Jalen Hurts for the Eagles. Another question mark. But again, I stick with him. Still on a rookie contract. Still cheap. You could build the team around him, and then the more talent you get around him, you can see if he continues to progress. But he showed some things last year. The Steelers have Mason Rudolph. Ugh. They also have Dwayne Haskins, who I'm still curious what he could do in a new environment. Like, is he really just that much of a loose cannon? I don't know. But the Steelers, I think, are in a great position to stay with Mason Rudolph, ride it out for this year, and then go into next year thinking, if we have to go for broke to get our guy, then we do it then. But this year doesn't have a quarterback that you're going to do that for. Doesn't have a quarterback that you're going to bring in that I feel like is going to be much better than Mason Rudolph. That's how low the bar is. Right? The 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. No, you don't need a new quarterback. If you don't want Jimmy Garoppolo, you have Trey Lance. If you don't feel like he's ready, just keep Jimmy Garoppolo. You could do worse than that. The Seahawks have Drew Locke. I like Drew Locke talent-wise, but I, he ain't worth nothing. So, yeah, you need a quarterback. And then you have the Bucks who don't have one. And you have the Titans who have Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill did good things for you, did some bad things for you. I think you stick with him and ride it out. And the Commanders have Carson Wentz. You ride it out. So what do I have? Four teams that actually legit need a quarterback? That's it. But the problem is, is this draft class isn't solving your problem. So when all these when all these sports analysts will be like, oh, they need to get a guy. You need a guy. They don't have a guy. It's like there ain't many guys. Most people, most teams in this league are playing with a guy who's all right. He's solid. He's not the worst. He's not the best. He's solid. He can do some good things. He's going to have some bad things. And what happens, you have to make sure the team around him is good. Why? Because it's football. It's a team game. Tom Brady has never won a Super Bowl by himself. In fact, multiple Super Bowls, multiple playoff games have been won by a field goal. What did he do? Not a damn thing but sit on the sideline and hope it went in. Adam Vinatieri will never get the credit for the Super Bowl against the Rams, even though he won the game. He kicked the winning field goal. The last point scored to win on his leg. To even get to the Super Bowl, playing against the Raiders in the snow to make two kicks. Unbelievable. He won't get the credit. But the truth is the people on that team know that everybody gets a ring for a reason because this is a team. We need everybody. We need the practice squad players to push the starters in practice in order to get everybody better. You need everybody. It's a team. A quarterback needs a really good supporting cast to win the Super Bowl. That's why bad teams don't win the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is playing on a stacked roster. Take him away and I guarantee you Patrick Mahomes is going to look somewhat like Jameis Winston. Only only in the way that he's going to throw more picks because he's going to try to force it in there. Not saying he's going to look exactly like Jameis Winston. That's me being a little hyperbolic. Is that the right term? I think so. But anyway, that's my that's my feelings on that. And, and I hope all that proved was uh, that there's not many guys in the league. There's not many elite quarterbacks in the league. And when you try to tell me Matt Stafford's elite, no. <laughs> And when you try to tell me that a quarterback is all a team needs, no, you need more than that. And I think we need to realize that when it comes to sports, it's a lot more nuanced. There's a lot more variables, a lot more factors, a lot more things going on than just one player doing one thing is the best. Now, I understand we all want to credit one thing or say, well, what's the cause? It's got to be this. It's a multitude of things. Right. Like, you know, 
uh, my two brothers used to always have an argument over whether or not the coach was more important than the players in the NBA. Like, what makes a difference, having a great coach or having just great players? And it's really like a chicken or egg situation because a, a, a great coach is not winning a championship with a bad team, right? And a, and a great team is not winning a championship with a bad coach, right? You kind of need both. That's the answer. You need both, right? But nobody wants to say that. That's like, is the NBA team going to win with a great starting five and no bench? No, you need a bench. Your bench has to be productive. There's going to be a game, whether it's in the playoffs and uh, just the regular playoffs or it's in the finals, there's going to come a moment where your team, you're going to need the bench players to come and do something, whether it's someone in foul trouble, whether it's just a matchup thing. You're going to need some players on your bench to produce something. Every championship team has had that, whether it's been NFL and you have injuries and somebody has to move into a spot, whether it's something like special teams, which, you know, is important, but nobody ever thinks about, or it's the NBA and you have a guy coming off the bench, putting up some numbers like you always need it. You always see it. Pay attention. Sports are very nuanced. They're not black and white. And speaking of that, I want to uh, I want to finish up today by going in on the Knicks. Now, if you didn't know. um. I am a Knicks fan. I've been a Knicks fan my entire life. Asking me how long I've been a Knicks fan, uh, I can just say all of my life. But just the other day, I was watching them. Right? Now, full transparency, I'll be honest here. I haven't been the best Knicks fan this year for two reasons. Number one, the team's bad. Okay, And... If you've been watching the Knicks your entire life and they've been trash, like they've had seasons where they won 17 games, bro. They've been bad. It's hard to watch a game and start the game and be hopeful. And by the end of the first quarter, you know, it's over. It's over. I'm going to watch the rest of the game. Like for what? It's over. I'm going to bed. I have work in the morning. (laughs) I got kids wanting to watch videos on the TV and I'm trying to watch the Knicks lose. Like get out of here. Secondly, most important reason this year why I've been a little distant is that I have Xfinity uh, um, cable provider, and they aren't carrying MSG this year. So I don't have MSG on the TV, and because I don't have a cable service that has MSG, I can't even use the MSG Go app because I don't have a cable provider. So now I have to basically stream all of the games to watch them. And I don't know if you've tried to watch every basketball game on your phone, but it's... It's difficult. Sometimes you don't have batteries, so you have to keep it plugged in, so you're watching it this way. And I know you could say, share it to your TV. But like like I just said, I have kids wanting to watch stuff on the TV. So it's just like the commitment is like, all right, I'd be willing to do it if I felt like you guys are going to be in these games. But the team is boo-boo. And so some nights it's like, man, I'm tired. I'm not going through all that stress to try to watch this craptastic team. But the other day I was watching them, um, and what I realized was this. I've been paying attention. Don't get, don't get it twisted. I've been paying attention this year. I haven't watched every game beginning to end, but I've been paying attention. I've been following along. And what I've noticed was the same thing is starting to happen that always happens. A player comes in, a free agent comes in, and we say, uh, I don't know about this. The guy starts off hot, plays really well. The first year, he's like, whoa, plays great, Right? Then we go into the next year thinking he's going to be even better. And then he might have a little bit of a down year. And so we immediately turn and say, he's no good. What? And that's what's happening this year to Julius Randle. Where last year, all Knicks fans were, we got Julius Randle, that's it, that's our big acquisition. And then he comes in and he has a really good year. Impresses everybody. You're like, whoa, this guy is actually really good, really versatile, really dynamic, has the great attitude, perfectly fits New York. Whoa. And you went into the offseason thinking we're going to be even better. And then you come out this year and Julius Randle's not having the same kind of year and you're immediately ready to cut ties with Julius Randle. Let's trade him. And to me, I started realizing, wait a second, what's been really going on with the Knicks for like the last decade or last 20 years? And I figured out, at least for me, I believe the problem is the Knicks never establish a plan and carry that plan out. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, they're constantly adjusting the plan. 
Instead of just being like, hey, we're going to build through the draft and we're going to build up our roster. And if an opportunity to sign a free agent comes up, we will add to the team that way. But our core is going to be homegrown drafted players. That's where we're going to invest our time, our energy and our money and our resources into building something from the ground up. Or decide that we're going to be the team that's going to go out there every year and and pay for all the free agents, get into the luxury tax, whatever we got to do, get all the big names here and build our team that way. They don't make a decision. Because a couple years ago, back in like 2010, the idea was we're going to go all in free agency. The summer of 2010, we're going to get LeBron. We're going to do all this. We're going to do all that. We're going to get all these players. And you didn't. LeBron decided not to come to your team. So what you did was you said, okay, we're going to build through the draft. We're going to get homegrown talent. We're going to do all that. We're going to have these players. This is what we're going to do. And you said, okay. And so you started drafting players and you started rooting for those players and you started getting a team and the team got pretty solid. You can see they were missing something, but they were getting solid. They were competitive. And they were all like lesser named players like Wilson Chandler or um God, what's that what's that what's that uh foreign zoo's name? Oh man, I can't remember his name. It's on the tip of my tongue. He, he, I can't say that. <laughs> But, yeah, you had a lot of, like, homegrown talent. And then what happened was Carmelo Anthony says, I want to leave Denver. And my number one destination is New York. And now, all of a sudden, the Knicks say, hmm, we have this plan to build the team up from the ground up. We're doing great. We got really good young core of talent. And we could just continue this path. But, no, they decide, let's trade for Carmelo Anthony. What's it going to take? All of the talent you were building up, we're going to take that. And they said, Huh, well, we have the opportunity to get this star player. We got to do it. And they made the trade. Well, now you're in the business of now we got to get free agents. So now they go out and they sign Jason Kidd and they sign all these older veteran free agents. And then they do well. And they win 54 games. They get to the playoffs. They lose in the second round. But whatever, you can see progress. And then the next year, it's like, oh, we're going to get these free agents. This is the way we're going to build our team. Or this is how we're going to go forward. And then the next year is not as good. And then all of a sudden it's, ah, this guy is overrated. You should get rid of him. This and that. And then you want to get rid of all the veteran players that got you to 54 wins, who was the catalyst to saying you're going to build your team this way. It doesn't work out. And now you get rid of those guys. You let those guys walk or you trade them for expiring contracts. You trade them for draft picks. And now all of a sudden you're back to building through the draft. And then you're building through. And then again, the next time a big star you have the opportunity to get a star, and you go out and get them. Or you try, and then you're willing to get rid of the homegrown talent. And now they're in a position where, if you watch this team play, they are literally one star player away. And when I say star player, I don't necessarily mean like an all-star or whatever. I mean like they're one dependable, great attitude, great production player away from being a really good team. Julius Randle is not a one. Julius Randle is a great two. Julius Randle is a great guy who, if the pressure was off him, he's way more talented than being a number two, but he's not quite there mentally to be a one. And In my opinion, I think R.J. Barrett is a great third option. I think the similarities between R.J. Barrett and... um, God, I'm forgetting everybody's name. Dwayne... No, not Dwayne. Uh... Andrew Wiggins, I call him Dwayne, Andrew Wiggins, they're about the same. And Andrew Wiggins is the same way. He's not a one or a two. He's a great three, great third option. And R.J. Barrett would be great as a third option if you could move Randall down to the second option and you had a steady first option, that team's going to be really good. The fear that I have is that because Randall's not having as good a year as he did last year and the fans are calling for him, he's got to go. I think they're going to let him go. I think they're going to try to make a trade to bolster their team when in reality all they're doing is setting themselves back again. Because you have young talent. So you have young talent that could come off the bench and provide a great spark for you. You have a good starting five that if you could add one piece to it, swap out one piece, whether that's a point guard. Like, imagine Ja Morant on this team. You don't think they'd be every bit as good as Memphis? You don't think they'd be a little better than Memphis? Like, that's all I'm saying. If you had one of those guys who you knew you could depend on to get points, you could depend on to play the right way, you could depend on to play hard and and really set the tone, that's what they're missing. 
but I'm worried that in order to get that, they're going to get rid of the rest, and then you're going to be back to just having one really good player and no one around them. That team stinks, so then you're going to end up trading that really good player and saying we're starting through the draft. Look, as much as you want to say about Philadelphia, trust the process. Like, they trusted that process for a long time. They gave it years. And they built the roster who was capable of winning, and they just didn't get the job done. And then they had a really freak falling out with Ben Simmons. But they said, trust the process. We're going to build through the draft. And they built through the draft, and they built up their team. Tobias Harris came available, and they said, sure, we'll take you on. But they never got rid of their core. And they kept their philosophy of trust the process. We're not going to go after the biggest name free agents. We're not going to spend all our money on that. We're not going to trade our players and draft picks all over the place. We're going to trust the process. And they did. And you could say it worked or it didn't, but at least they had a mission and they carried it out. Like, the Knicks don't carry anything out for longer than a year or two. And then they switch plans. And then they say, oh, well, this GM's no good. We need a new guy. And, and the fans are so impatient as if you're entitled to anything. Look, New York, I understand New York is a great city. Sure, fine, whatever. But to think that, like, the Knicks franchise has been trash my entire life. They've been boo-boo. Now, look, early in the 90s, let's give them the 90s. Fine, there was a 10-year window where they were really good. But before and after that, this team has been boo-boo. You should be willing to build. Build through the draft. Build through, however, however long it takes, build it the right way. Have a right infrastructure. Have a, have a set vision of here's what we're doing. Hey, fans, here's what we're doing. Ride it out with us. We're going to get to the finish line. We're going to win a championship. And if you don't, at least you know what we're trying to do. Right now, it's just chaos. Every, every other week, it's something new. It's a new plan. We're going to do this. No, 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 no. We're going to do that. No, no, no. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. And it's chaos. And the, and, the, and the team on the floor is Kemba Walker. We love that signing. Kemba Walker, great signing. Oh, what a great pickup. Cheap. Oh, that's good. that could work out. That could be great. The guy's not even playing anymore. It's like, yo, we, we don't even want you on the court. What? I'm just saying, man. You got who, in my opinion, is a really good coach. I don't know if he's burning players out. I don't know what's going on exactly. But, like, it just seems like you got a good coach. Um, You got some good players. You got some young talent. You got some veterans. You seem like you have a good enough team where you guys should be making the play in you shouldn't miss the playoffs completely and they're, they're, I, I i have a feeling they're gonna move on from the coach Tib, tibbs he ain't gonna be there much longer i feel like that's what they're gonna do i feel like randall's gonna get traded or moved i feel like they might even consider moving rj barrett and it's like you're just you you, you have no direction you're you're a directionless franchise and it shows and as a knicks fan i'm tired of it I'm tired of it. Give me some direction. Give me some idea of what we're trying to accomplish. What do you want it to look like? What are you trying to get it to look like? Let me kind of just be able to imagine in my mind what you're trying to get to so I can follow the story. That's all I want. Is that, is that so hard to get? Is that so hard to fathom that I could want something like that as a fan? Fellow Knicks fans, let's demand some sort of clarity. Have higher standards for yourselves. <laughs> That's my time, y'all. Listen, hope you had a good time this week. I had fun doing this episode. Look, I know, listen, a lot of questions, right? A lot of question marks. Told you call me Riddler. Go see the new Batman movie. It's amazing. Trust me. It's amazing. But look, we dug into a lot of stuff today. Uh, I hope you guys, you know, agree or disagree. I don't care. But look, there's not many NFL quarterbacks that are the guy. There's not many that you can say he's the man. All right, it's a little iffy. You know, you got four or five, a couple you might be able to throw in there. But look, for, for the most part, if you need a quarterback this year, just suck it up. Okay, you don't draft none of these quarterbacks too high. Don't put all your faith in them. It ain't gonna work. Oh, I ain't even getting to the post combine thoughts. Look, not a single quarterback did anything better than I thought they would. Uh, the forty times for the receivers, I feel like they were doctored for uh, for TV product. I don't think all these guys were running four threes or low four fours like they say. <laughs> I think that was a little, uh, a little wishy-washy. We'll see. 
but nothing came out of there too special that made me feel any type of way. I did think that everyone thought Kenny Pickett like showed well, but I thought he showed exactly what he is. Like, eh, I don't get it. Still don't get it. Won't ever get it. I hope he doesn't get drafted in the top 10 and the top 20. I don't think you should do it. I don't think you should draft any quarterback in the first round. That'd be historic. Uh, look, the Lakers are trash. They're boo-boo. They're too old. They're too beat up. Even when Anthony Davis comes back, he's going to go right back out. He ain't no, like, it's, he's not reliable. And LeBron James is putting up monster numbers, had a 50-point game. Look, he's a great player. He's all-time great. And you know what he realized? This team sucks. I'm not making the playoffs. I got to start shooting the ball, get my points, get my numbers, so I don't have a total wasted year. Because at this point, LeBron's not chasing chips. He's chasing stats. I told you that because he's trying to make his cases to go. And if you don't win a championship this year, you better get something out of it. That's why he's shooting more. He's a higher volume shooter this year than he's ever been before. Coincidence? Oh, they need him to do that. Yeah, he also needs to do it for his legacy too. Look, hey man. Hey, this is what I do. Listen, this has been another episode of Sometimes I Be Right. Listen, take care of yourselves. Have a great week. See you next time.